Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, when we talk boys lacrosse is Dairyfield AD and boys head coach, Chris Hetler. Chris, I'm so excited that we are uh, we're getting ready to start the season here. Oh, wait, no, it only feels like it's, uh, it's preseason here. We're actually getting ready for the playoffs. How are you feeling uh, as we get uh, as we head into the final four this week? Uh, feeling good, Joe. It's uh, it is hard to believe that it's the last week of the season here. Um, things are coming at you fast. You've got a couple days in between playoff games. Uh, it was nice to get a little bit of rest on Sunday, but we are back at it. And um, like we said, we're, we're playoff uh, semifinals coming up on Wednesday, and then uh, you know whoever wins that turns around and. Uh, the committee actually gave us a little bit more time than usual. <laughs> Playing on Sunday, Second, nice, yeah. lo- allowed I, people to gra- allowed people to do graduations yeah. and uh, a little more practice time. But I, we're done in a week. Hard to believe. I am almost impossible to believe. And and I really like yeah, second year in a row. This we're we're, gonna, we're doing the Sunday thing. And uh, yeah, I really uh, I thought it worked well last year. Just having that extra day from my end to prepare too to to kind of get another chance to go over some things and. Yeah, I joke. I mean, I, I I was saying it all day Saturday. I felt like I'm I'm going out for season openers. Uh, you know, fifty degree weather, cold, rainy. I'm I'm trying to remember to pack all my, uh, uh, you know, an extra layer. I had put uh, everything away. I had before that before before this week. Well, I had put all uh, I had put all my coaching gear for the winter, the early season away, and then I'm like, okay, guess I'm getting it back out again. Well, I wasn't quite that bad. I I will, uh, during the spring, leave uh, a couple jackets in the car, and usually I'll bring one into the house with me, you know, just in case. Uh, Unfortunately, the last week or so, I hadn't done that, so I, I, you know, I left the house Saturday, and my wife's like, what are you doing? You don't have a, you don't have a jacket on. I'm like, wow, they're all in the car, right? (laughs) I gotta get them out of there. Well, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you, you can already probably tell uh, it's not Thursday. Uh, so this is a special uh, semifinal preview edition of the Nine State Sports Show. Uh, and then later this week, um, we will have a special championship preview edition uh, that will be up Friday morning. So uh, un- unfortunately, we're messing up your Thursday morning podcast listening. Uh, I mean, unless, of course, you want to wait and listen to the rest of this Thursday morning, but semifinals will be done by then so it might not make sense um but of course you can listen to us uh get the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com or on spotify and odyssey or wherever else you listen to podcasts don't forget to follow us on twitter facebook instagram and youtube at at nhhs sports and of course you can send feedback or questions to any of those social media accounts or by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com now let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor the Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in Southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Custom has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at prolaxcustoms.com. Or follow them on Instagram or Facebook, or send an email to prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Although I, I'm guessing uh, at this point, if you need an upgrade uh, as the playoffs are going on here, you might it be might a little be. bit. Might be a might little be, uh, you might be out of luck, but you never know. Joe's good. I mean, you can you can tell him he might be able to get a rush order in. You know, maybe maybe that's a thing for Joe. Maybe now he can charge he can charge a little Truly, bit. Truly, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a rush. Uh, playoff uh, playoff extra uh, bonus there. Um, all right, well, we are, uh, like we said, getting ready for the semifinals. Um, usually we take this time to uh, to talk about the coaches' poll, but we don't have a coaches' poll this week. Um, we'll be, uh, we'll be ha- back not be, on that. Not because you didn't ask, not because right. you didn't ask the code. We're just waiting a little bit longer here. With, hey, with well, the it doesn't, it doesn't, I, I right. feel like it doesn't make much sense uh, to, you know, to turn around and do one this week while we're in the middle of the playoffs. And, and you know, there'll be a couple teams in the poll that, you know, there are a couple teams in the top 10 that, that, you know their season. We've said done. all season, right? Uh, the playoffs will help shake things yeah, out. Absolutely, we'll, we'll get a, a yeah. final, final reading on that uh, next week. But I do want to go over uh, what we've got coming up on Wednesday. Uh, this year, um, the way the schedules are, all some all of the boys semifinals are on Wednesday. Um, three different locations. Uh, if you haven't heard us talk about that yet this year, I might have mentioned it one, once or twice. There might have been a rant in there. <laughs> Uh, Division One boys semifinals Wednesday at Bill Ball Stadium in Exeter. Five o'clock game. You've got number three Pinkerton taking on number two Exeter. 
And then at 7.15, or whenever the first game's done, uh, you've got number five Merrimack making its first ever semifinal appearance in program history, taking on number one Bishop Girton. Again, 7.15 is the scheduled start time for that. Could be a little bit later, uh, depending on usually pretty good. They're usually they, pretty good with that. Yeah. Uh, the, on, the on-field warm-up is down to, I think, I'm trying to remember if you get 30. It, I think it's thirty. Thirty. I yeah. think you get thirty. Yeah. I think you get thirty minutes from the from the end of the whistle there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they've got that down pretty good. So and if I, and if the first game goes quick, you you they still don't let you on until right. yeah until exactly. thirty. Yeah. Uh, Division two, uh, those games also Wednesday at Stello Stadium in Nashua, five o'clock game. You've got number six St. Thomas taking on number two Dairyfield, and then scheduled for seven fifteen, you got number four Wyndham facing number one Portsmouth. And a couple teams, you know, um, newcomer, uh, St. Thomas, um, they didn't have their, uh, the, the annual quarterfinal at, at, at Derry field. So, you know, they get into the semifinals, uh, Wyndham, um, you know, second year in a row, they're in the final four as well. Uh, so, you know, they've been there a lot in program. They've been there a lot in program history. And it's not the first time for St. Thomas either. They, they were a long time, uh, powerhouse in division two. So, you know, um, it, some potentially really good semifinal games in both D1, D2, and, and D3. Yes, up. D3, those games, also Wednesday. Those will be at Bank of New Hampshire Stadium in Laconia. Uh, in the 5 o'clock game, you've got number 3 Pelham taking on number 2 Campbell. Uh, an interesting matchup given that Pelham uh, handed Campbell one of its two losses this year. Uh, actually, their first loss of the season. And then on the other side, uh, the seven fifteen game, you've got number five Hopkinton. Of course, feels like regardless of where Hopkinton ends up, what they're doing, uh, they're in the final four uh, and maybe even the championship game. And taking on number one Bo, that is the seven fifteen game. Bo, the only undefeated team uh, left on the boys' side uh, in New Hampshire. Um, so those are uh, those are both slated for Laconia on Wednesday. And, of course, the winners of those games will uh, advance to Sunday's championship games. A little, uh, little twist on the schedule this year. The D1 game is the first game at 2.30 at Exeter, followed by the D3 game at 5, and then the D2 game starting at 7.30. So uh, Division Two getting the, uh, the primetime under the lights game this year for the first time. Next year, I believe Division Three will get the prime makes, time game. Makes perfect sense. I think that's the way the committee's gone, is that they're going to start rotating those games there. Um, can also be an advantage this time of year, too. This year, I don't think it's going to be an issue, but in other years, uh, that, that er, those early games have been hot in this I, on there on it's, the turf. You know, it, it's usually – I. I I was joking, it might be a disadvantage this year. It might be a little chilly come game time. I was joking, with, I was joking with somebody a little while ago. It was like you could almost schedule, you know di- – for each game what the weather was going to be like division three was usually hot humid you know you're very you know sweaty tired all that stuff division two game was potentially going to be played in a rain you know through the rain (laughs) (laughs) maybe delayed by lightning but you're not sure and then by the time we got to division one we're back to humid but it's at least a little bit cooler and there are bugs everywhere I remember uh, Hopkins had been in the finals so many times. They had it down to a science. They had pop-up tents. They had ice coolers. They Absolutely. Had, uh, they had I, the, the, the towels for the necks and the water and all that kind of stuff. They were well-prepared. They knew that time slot well for many years. They uh, That third championship game where they played, Pel- they beat Pelham in the final that, that third year, um, going back to 2019, I, I think that Might was the, the advantage. Was yeah. they had, they, you're right. They had a pop-up tent for that one, and Pelham did not. Um, sitting out in the sun for a couple hours so it was you know just the experience of being there uh, makes a big difference and oh by the way those two teams still alive to play each other in the finals uh you know with with, in the in opposite brackets on the or opposite sides of the bracket uh in division three so shouldn't be too surprised by that i don't think um but of course a long way to go until we get there do you want an early forecast for uh for exeter uh on sunday i already know it but i'll let you tell the listeners okay well, uh, you know, it, it had looked like uh, a few days ago, when, or maybe even early this morning when I looked at this, we were going to have a nice weekend, but now it looks like it's supposed to rain Saturday. Uh, but Sunday, we got 78, high of 78, uh, mostly sunny skies, slight chance of rain shower, uh, winds west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour, low of 57, cloudy with occasional rain showers at night. So It's not terrible. 
Not terrible. I wish this uh, does this. This doesn't tell me what the humidity is going to be. But too far uh, away. Too, too far yeah, away. Too anyway. far we'll away. check back. We'll check back yeah. later when we when we do the the uh, championship preview. Sure. This oh, week. absolutely. But, I guess uh, I should. I guess I should have looked at Wednesday's um, forecasts there, but. Uh, we'll we'll worry about you. You can do that on on weather your own segments time, I guess, over there. Yeah, there we yeah, go. That's it. All right, <laughs> let's jump into some of these games because um, there was some some I don't know. I, I feel like there was some interesting. Yeah, which action. one do you want to start with? I want to start with 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 D one and probably the one that I think a lot of people were talking about because of um, you know just opening some eyes there. Uh, that Mer- that Merrimack Bedford game, uh, you know, it ended up being bumped back to a seven o'clock start Saturday. Uh, you know, because the girls game, uh, the Bedford girls are playing Nashua South in the semis in Division One. That game got moved up to five because I guess South's prom was Saturday night. Um, so the Bed- Bedford Merrimack gets pushed back. Uh, they end up playing into overtime. Uh, Merrimack gets a 9-8 win, uh, which I'm sure surprised a few people considering that they just played, you know, two weeks, not even two weeks ago. And Bedford got a, a 15-5 win in that game. You know, you looked at that one, and, and I think the first qu- end of the first quarter in that one, Bedford was up 5-1. to one. You look at the end of the first quarter of this game last Saturday, Merrimack is up 3-1. to one, And M- Bedford got that one in the last couple of minutes of the quarter. So really, Merrimack took control of that game early. Uh, and then it was really, you know, a back-and-forth game the rest of the way. Uh, you know, Bedford came back and tied it at four late in the second quarter. Looked like they had all the momentum, only to have Merrimack go back ahead in the last minute, make it 5-4. Um, Bedford took a lead in the third quarter. Merrimack came back. They took a lead in the fourth quarter. Merrimack came back. They go to overtime. Um, Bedford gets the first possession, doesn't score on it. Merrimack goes the other way, scores, ends the game. I mean, there's a lot more detail in that. We'll we'll get into it, but that's just the the rough draft of uh, Coach Brian Miller. Yeah. Pro, you know, uh, one of one of his best coaching jobs. He's been a long Absolutely. time, long time coach there. Uh, you know, um, tough for either team to lose that game, but but really happy for Coach Miller and all the all the years of work that he's put into that program to to reach a Final Four and to have a great great win like that. Uh, it's just a testament to to sticking with it and and keeping keep growing the program over time there couple of guys for them that I definitely want to mention. Coach of the year, I think, in Division One this year. I, I, it beats me. I haven't seen those. Uh, I haven't <laughs> I seen believe, those lists I believe yet. He is. Um, uh, yeah, how you, you know, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I want to mention a couple guys that they had. Um, yeah. You know that 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 had some big performances uh, for them in that game. Um, starting with the Dunn brothers, uh, Kyle and Connor. They, I mean, they just took over that game at times, just going back and forth to each other. Kyle Dunn. Uh, four goals, three assists in that game. Connor Dunn, three goals, two assists. Uh, you know, Connor with the uh, with the game winner, off an assist from his brother with 2:36 left in overtime. The shot, I like watching it on on uh, on video. You know, I I almost I didn't think it went in at first because it looks like you know watching the play. Um, you know, it looks like Bedford goalie. Um, where's his name? It was right in front of me. I. <laughs> Apologize, apologize for that. Um, you know, Bedford's Ethan Kahn, it looked like he made the save initially, uh, but I guess the st- the ball hit off his stick and went in. So kind of a, a rough, a really a rough way for, for Bedford to, to lose that game. You know, I think it was. I think it was tough too. We talked about, um, you know, throughout that throughout the game, there were different there were changes that were made throughout that game, right? Ethan had to come off the bench in that game, come in cold in the second half. Um, you know, I think I think did do a good job of, of making some saves under some tough circumstances, but um, you know, a tough way to lose. But for a freshman, you know, you can you can build on that. You come back stronger. You got an opportunity to play play in a, a big time moment in that game and um you know that it is it's gonna sting when you lose like that but um you know good experience for him and for merrimack um just an, an incredible way to cap off a great regular season and, and get a trip to get to, to the final four um like we talked about you know all a lot of these guys you look at that you look at that roster a lot of seniors a lot of juniors uh it's an experienced group but then but then they've got some guys underneath so it may not be a one and done year for Merrimack they may have they they may be able to stick around and, and grow from this yeah they've got a, a good number of seniors I, I had forgotten that they lost uh 17 seniors they from last year yeah um you know they and they they don't have that many seniors this year um certainly some key guys that contribute right. 
Uh, but one guy that that I also want to mention, the other side for Merrimack, also a freshman in goalie, uh, Mason Tremblay, um, you know, didn't have to make um, a ton of, you know, outstanding saves, but he made the saves that he was supposed to make. And did you tell me earlier he hadn't been starting all season? I don't think he – he'd played at times. Like, against Bedford, he yeah. went into the second – in the start of the second half of that game, played well in that, in the second half of that. Um, so I know he's played at times this year, but he hasn't been the starter. Um, Nolan Anderson had been starting for them. Um, yeah, great, great for know. the future there to get that experience. But the, probably the biggest one of the night, uh, you know, he makes it in the beginning of overtime. You know, Bedford wins the, f- the opening faceoff. They take a timeout to set up a play. They get what had to be the look that they wanted. Derek Kaluza all by himself, maybe 10 yards in front of the goal. And uh, Tremblay's there, um, you know, to make the save. And, uh, and and give Merrimack a shot uh, for the win, which they ended up getting. Um, I mean, huge for, for, again, for a freshman goalie to, to come up with that in that spot. Um, you know, and then you look at the other side. I mean, I mentioned Kaluza. He had two goals, two assists. Really, at times, was playing that kind of uh, quarterback role for the offense from behind the goal, um, you know, distributing there had a couple great passes that guys just couldn't finish on. That, yeah, you know, he has, he has really good vision. His stick skills are really good. Uh, you know, it, it 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 again probably probably stings and probably hurts that you know he missed that because normally he I mean that's oh, yeah. that's what he yeah. does. He's a he's a feeder finisher. Yeah, you know, he's a great shooter. Um, you know, uh, he's not a guy that's going to break you down off the dodge necessarily, but that's his specialty. So again, you know, it, it's too bad because it sounds like he had I I didn't. I was not able to go to the game. Um, we, were, we were playing as well, and I didn't get to see it, but it sounds like he had a great game. Uh, Bennett Matthews, another – you know, yep. we talk about young kids. Uh, three and three, one. Three and one in that one, yeah. Um, and then Sean Toscano, uh, a goal and assist too. Um, but yeah, Derek had a – I mean, just – like you said, what what he was doing to try, kind of run in the offense, um, I think Merrimack was in the game – in a zone for most of the game. They're just trying to work, um, you know, move guys around and, and get everybody in the right position. He made some great, you know, passes in that game that just didn't, unfortunately, you know, it, had they had guys made shots or, or, or been able to get shots off against Merrimack, uh, you know, he ends up with maybe four or five assists in that game. Yeah. You know, Bedford, again, another team that I think uh, on the rise did some really good did some really good things this year that sure. got an influx. You know, a kid we didn't talk about in this game too much, but Brody Helton, he had a, he had a good year for them. Um, you know, they've got they've got some good poles, some good defensemen coming up. Uh, both their goalies return next year. Um, so it is going to be tough. They lose some talented seniors this year, but, um, you know, the cupboard is certainly not bare. And, you know. Um, the coach, coaching staff did a fantastic job this year. You know, Coach Boudreau pushing all the right buttons, doing the things in the offseason. Coach Howe, um, you know, both of those guys have, have a good thing going there. So while it's disappointing to not reach the Final Four, um, you know, I think they've got a good culture established there and they're, they're sure. getting things going in the right yeah, direction. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other three games, um, little maybe as we kind of expected, I think one, one-sided there. Um, you know, in the three-six game, Pinkerton gets a fifteen-to-seven win over Londonderry. Uh, but really, the the highlight in that one, um, well, probably lots of highlights in that one. But the the one the line that stands out to you is uh, is the day that Ryan Lynch had uh, seven goals, three assists. Just he's a been ten-point game in a Division One in a Division One playoff yeah. quarterfinal is a pretty that's a pretty good day for anybody. I would like to go back and look um, since he's come back from from the injury that he had. Um, what he's got for for a total in goals because it's I mean it's been maybe ten games and I feel like every time you turn around he's at least four to six goals um, maybe a couple of assists just I feel like he's got to be playing at maybe the best lacrosse he's ever played um, you know and they're going to need that again uh, you know in the semifinals against Exeter you know both teams now uh, at full strength or as close to full strength as they're going to be it sounds like. Um, really looking forward to that semifinal. Um, but, you know, you look at what some other guys did in that game. Matt Fioli, three goals and an assist. Uh, Michael Uber, a couple of goals. Cole Frank, 17 to 18 on faceoffs. I was going to say, that, that really stands out to me that Cole Cole dominated, you know, that much in that game because I, I believe Londonderry rotates. Uh, they have a sure. couple different yeah. faceoff guys that come in throughout that game. And for Cole to be able to maintain that physicality and uh, that level of execution is really, really tough to do. And then, uh, and then Tyler LeBlanc with uh, with fourteen saves, 
um, you know, coming up big for them in goal. Um, Nate Pedrick leading Londonderry with four goals. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, we kind of, um, you know, we kind of thought that that game, I know that, that they played an overtime game the first time around, um, you know, this season, in the regular season. Um, second time around, Pinkerton dominated that game. We thought, I think, maybe a little bit that this game would look like that second game. Um, but, you know, for Londonderry, um, you know, things kind of changing over there as well. Like you, you're talking a little bit with, with Bedford, new coaching staff. Um, you know, they, of course, will lose some guys. They seem to always lose a ton of seniors. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they've got a ton more the next year. Um, it, it is amazing every year to look at the number of seniors that are graduating. You're like, how are they going to replace? You know, maybe it'll be a little bit of a rebuilding year for them. And then next year, you see just as many seniors and in, in, in underclassmen show up on the roster. I mean, I think it is it, it is uh, it's got to be, you know, a good thing for Coach Wiedenfeld to be able to know that like his town program, his youth program under there is so strong right now and put in there. I think the key is to get more of those guys playing lacrosse, not necessarily year round, but I mean, let's be honest, it is, it is a little bit of a football school right now. Right. As good as the lacrosse program is and as many kids as they keep home a lot of those guys are doing things with football outside of the season. Um, I think they even lose, you know, they tend to lose some good, you know, there are some very good youth kids who come up through the middle school who then all of a sudden spring football comes calling and, and they don't necessarily come out. But I think, I think coach Wiedenfeld is changing that culture a little bit. And, um, you know, if he can get some more guys playing club, playing the off season, um, they're going to be even more dangerous. They were, they were dangerous this year. We said that, you know, no one would want to play them in the playoffs and, um, you know they they give they give Pinkerton a good game. It's just like like we said, they they need a few more guns. Yeah. Um, but always got athletes. So the uh, their roster in the uh, the the tournament program has ten seniors listed on it, uh, eleven juniors. So yeah, we will uh, we'll be probably saying the same thing again next year. Uh, how are, how are they going to uh, replace all these guys? Uh, you know the other semifinals. Uh, you had Exeter getting a fourteen to three win against Dover. And then BG uh, twenty-two to five over Concord. Usual suspects for both teams yeah. having having big games there, spread out. You know, in terms of in terms of scoring. Um, you know, I, I am I'm excited for that for that Exeter Pinkerton semifinal. I think that's that's going to be a great game. I know you said it earlier. What what time is that? Do you know which that's one? That's the five is? o'clock. That's, that's, that's the five yep, o'clock. Yep, yeah, the yep. earlier one. Yep. Yeah, um, the um, five o'clock game uh, at Exeter uh, between Pinkerton and Exeter. Uh, they played. Uh, they only played once this year. I feel like this is the first time in a while that they haven't had uh, two regular season games. Um, but um, that one back on April twentieth at Exeter, they get a five four win in that game. In what was kind of, I think we felt like not a real representation of both teams because that was around the same time that both started to get banged up and lose some of their their top offensive guys for a little time. So. I would expect a little more scoring uh, in this one. I, I would certainly hope so. Um, but who knows? I mean, both teams, you know, great goaltenders, great defenses on both sides to go with, you know, high-powered offenses. Um, but, I mean, it's it's almost cliche to probably say it, but it, it's face-offs are going to play a big factor, and, and we'll see how, you know, um, how Exeter handles Cole Frank. I, that that will be a key. That will definitely be a key to the matchup there, because as you as you've been alluding to, the Pinkerton offense is getting getting hot right now. They've got guys healthy there, um, and and come playoff time, defense and, and faceoffs are are huge. Um, so that's why I'm excited to see that game. Two high powered offenses, but you know, will how how will each team get sure. the ball? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other other one, uh, Merrimack Bishop Girton. Um, you know, they played first uh, first. Friday in May, um, you know, with BG getting a 15 to two win in that one. Um, I mean, for Merrimack, this is, I mean, this is what you, you probably go out and, and, and start the season with. I mean, you want to get to this point, you want to play in this game and just see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, um, you know, I, I think, I think they will go into the mindset like, Hey, how deep can we take this game, right? How long? How long? Or how how far into this game can we go? Can we, you know, can we uh, can we make can we make BG work? Can we can we make him sweat? Can we, you know, 
Um, I think Coach Miller's got nothing to lose, right? So throw everything out there, right? Come up with try some try some things. What's the worst happening? You know, you're not going to do what you did when you lost 15 to two, right? So let's let's throw some things out there. Let's let's play a crazy zone against them. Let's let's try some different things on offense. Let the kids have some fun, right? I I mean I think that's kind of the approach I I would have with it is you know okay nobody thinks we've got any shot in this game. Let's uh, you know. Let's embrace it. Let's be the underdogs, and let's go out there and see how you know. See see how much we can make. Can we get Coach Cameron to take a timeout in the first five minutes <laughs> of the game? Go. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and and kind of do those things. And you know, kids are, kids aren't stupid. Yeah. Like they they know what they're up against. They know what they're going in against. Right. But I I think um you know so you do have to play a little bit of a psycho as a head coach going into a game like that. You got to be a little bit of a psychologist, right? How do you how can you get your kids to believe and play your best against a team that seems like a juggernaut that seems like you know unbeatable? have played all these top 25 teams i'm starting to convince myself it can't be beat but <laughs> <laughs> but um what you know i think on one hand it does take the pressure off right like you can go into that game and you can pretty much you can pretty much do what you want to do um and, and and try some things right so um you know but again amazing season amazing season for them they're not done yet but again congratulations to coach miller for getting his team to the final four I, I like that. That try to see how quickly we can get Coach Cameron to take a timeout and maybe yell at somebody. That's probably that's a good way to look at the start. Yeah, we we were trying to do that in our scrimmage, but we weren't too successful with <laughs> well, that. Well, I so. don't know. I heard him. I heard him yell a couple of times. He yelled at someone pretty good. Um, all right. Well, those are like I said. Those are the Division One games. Um, Pinkerton at at Exeter, uh, five o'clock, and then Merrimack versus BG also at Exeter, seven fifteen. Uh, in Division Two, uh, like we said, got some uh, repeat teams here, kind of like uh, I guess same thing in Division One, uh, three out of four. Um, that first game, five o'clock. Well, I, so I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here. How did we get there? Uh, um, you had, uh, of course, your guys, your Dairyfield guys, getting a 15 to four win over Oyster River Newmarket in a game that it sounded like uh, took you guys a little bit of time to kind of get going uh, I was really impressed coach Haley had his kids well prepped they were they were ready to play um you know and I didn't I didn't think we played particularly bad um we just needed and I, I thought Oyster River played played well they they executed um you know they were they were dis they're always disciplined on offense right and we had to get out on hands we had to kind of force the tempo of the game to speed things up a little bit I mean again it was a team that um you know they they were trying to uh, limit our touches on the ball, right? And and tried to slow things down a little bit. And it took us a while to break things open. Um, I think we had, I want to say we had four or five pipes in the first quarter. The goalie, Finn Mason, made some really good saves. Um, you know, but it, but this is an Oyster River team that I think in a couple of years is going to be, maybe even as early as next year, is going to be a pretty good team. They've got a very young offense right now. Um, their entire attack line was, was freshmen that were out there. Um, that's that's crazy <laughs> and, and to win double digit games right to win yeah, 11 games yeah. in a season he did a really good job with those guys um obviously losing Finn and that is, is huge but they do a great job of developing goaltenders and I know he's got some waiting in the wing there uh I was also really impressed uh his, his face-off guy made a lot of leaps and bounds uh, a lot of improvements throughout the season there and again if that's an area where they you know continue to work on that in the offseason gonna make them even more dangerous next year and then uh, across from you guys, uh, the other side of the bracket, you had St. Thomas, the sixth seed, going to Timberlane and coming away with a 10-6 win. Uh, Jackson Estes getting five goals and an assist in that one. Um, and then uh, Aiden Morrison and Anthony DiMartino, each with three. Um, I think you said, what, that, that St. Thomas was, was up nine, had nine goals in the first half? 9-4, I think, was a halftime then, score, ended up winning 10-6. And 10, ha had to hang on for dear life. Um, there were, I think Timberlane had Timberlane had some momentum going, but to, to St. Thomas's credit, they did a really good job of, of you know breaking that momentum and then playing really smart in the second half in terms of ball control and you know they were able to get out to lead. Uh, impressed me. Their ride was really good. They swarm their attackmen. Their attackmen are relentless. They go after it. Their poles are physical. They come after. They they um, they press out. They go after guys. Um, and and I thought they did a really good job of putting. Um, uh, Timberlane in some uncomfortable situations and, and making them make quick decisions and led to some turnovers. They got a bunch of goals off the ride. They were very efficient in their man up. Um, yeah, I mean, you said Jackson Estes played played really well. He shot the ball well, um, and I thought uh, you know complimentary guys around him did a really good job too. 
Um, you know, anyone that scouts their team, Anthony DiMartino, really good player. Finley Detola, really good player. But then there were some other. There were a lot of other complimentary guys that that stepped up and did some did some really nice things uh, for them in that game. Um, and like we've been talking about for a week, hot team right now, and yeah, um, yeah. you know they're going to be coming into the game against us with a lot of confidence. Uh, just trying to do some quick math in my head here, which is always always dangerous. Um, nine wins in a row now, yep. I think that is for St. Thomas. Um, you know, and, and the, the one thing I was going to say, we kind of talked about before we did this was just, you know, you, you think that on a day like Saturday where it's cold and rainy, the track probably isn't great over there at, at, at Timberlane, um, St. Thomas, <laughs> I mean, it's not on a good day. So, uh, St. Thomas being a turf team, you think that might get to them. Um, but look, you know, I, I, I pulled up their schedule in part to look at, you know, where they played the last couple of games. They did play at Wyndham, um, next to last game. They played at Kennett, um, you know, uh, in the they've uh, had plenty of experience. They, so they've the got yeah, yeah. So I'm they yeah. played on some bad fields. I, I, I was think it actually the way the game was unfolding and the way St. Thomas was able to get possessions with a with a track like that, it actually really favored the offense. Like it was hard for the defense to get a good footing, and you know it's kind of like football, right? Like in bad weather, the wide receiver always has the advantage over the cornerback, right? He knows where he's going to cut when he's going to cut. Um, and I saw a lot of that in the in the offensive end of the field for both teams actually. Um, but uh, you know, and then and then the other thing that stood out to me is uh, Eli Eli Alaire and, and Net for them made some really big doorstop saves. When uh, you know the, the halftime score nine four, it easily could have been you know maybe an eight six game or tied or things like that. But they were able to get out to that lead in part because uh, you know Timberlane wasn't able to finish on the doorstep for a couple of those, and, and Eli did a really good job of, of playing angles and, and making some big saves when they needed it. Fifteen saves total yep. uh, for Alaire in that one. Um, then, uh, the other side of the bracket, um, a score that when I saw this, I was like, holy crap, like that can't be right. Uh, Wyndham gets a five to two win over Winniconnet. And from what I'm, what I read on, uh, um, in reports of this game is that one of Winniconnet's goals was actually an own goal, uh, from Wyndham that, that, um, got credited to a Antonio Francoso for, uh, for Winniconnet. Uh, five to two. Uh, I know they. I mean, it wasn't exactly a high-scoring game when they played in the regular season. I think Winnicott won that one seven to three. Uh, but wow, um, it's more like a baseball score. Uh, if we're being honest, I, you know, just really, really good deep, really, really good defense. Um, you know, uh, I, I was, I, I, if I'm being honest, that, that score shocked me as well. I, I thought that game would be a lot more high scoring. Both teams have guys, both teams have players that, that are very good in the offensive end. And, um, you know, um, credit, credit to the defense. I mean, we, we know that Andrew Trudell is a very good defenseman for Wyndham, um, you know, and, uh, but he clearly has a lot of other help around him, um, you know, uh, it'll be they're going to need they're going to need to play their best defensive game of the year, too, because uh, Portsmouth coming up, you know, they they're they're no slouches in putting the ball in the back of the net. And so, um, you know, it's going to it's going to take an effort like that to uh, to, to stay close with, with Portsmouth. Yeah, uh, I uh, you know what I, I will I will say this to the uh, the uh, the listeners, because, uh, you know, I, I every once in a while I get a put some egg on my face uh i texted you after i saw the hollis brookline sowhegan uh preliminary game uh hollis pulled out a 13-9 win in that one and they looked really good in doing it uh, you know as full strength as they've been uh all season i think in that one a um, lot of guys scoring goals uh ben defoe i think had six uh in that game and i texted you and i said i think hollis brookline might give portsmouth uh, a, a pretty good game uh and that uh I'm looking at this. Portsmouth had what five goals in a 38-second stretch to end the first quarter of that game. Went on to win 17 to three. I'm I'm stunned by that one because if nothing else, we talked about this last week with Hollis. They've got good offensive guys that have put up, you know, goals all season long. We said that 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 Sauhegan game, regular season game, they only scored six, and that was their season low by quite a few. And Portsmouth holds them to three. I think well, I think a lot of that too is the ability of Nick Smith to win faceoffs, right? If you can control the ball and then you're very disciplined and you don't give the ball away to the other team, if you don't give it to Hollis, um, you know, sometimes a good offense is just as good as a good defense. Not to say that uh, that Portsmouth doesn't have a good defense; they do. They've shown it all season long. But 
part of that is the fact that they don't give once they get possession they don't give it away easily right they're very efficient on offense they run great sets um, you know, and, and that has been, if, if we're being honest, that's been a little bit of a bugaboo of, of Hollis all season long, right, is, is being able to consistently make stops in the defensive end and get the ball to the other end to get it to their playmakers in the offensive end. When they have, guys like Ben Defoe, Tommy Anderson, they, they have put the ball in the back of the net all season long. And so, yeah, that was a little bit of a shock. I, to me, it wasn't a shock necessarily that, that Portsmouth moved on from that game. But it was a, it was definitely a shock that they they were able to hold uh, you know a very strong Hollis team to to three goals. You know the uh, the report in uh, on Seacoast Online uh, doesn't give specific numbers, um, but it says uh, discounting a false start in the first half, Smith was a hundred percent on faceoffs. Um, you know that I mean if they're up eight nothing or you know at the end of the first quarter that's at least what 10 face-offs maybe another I don't know let's say 15 16 something like that in the first half I mean that's um that's incredible just for about anybody um to maintain that that level of focus and discipline throughout the game uh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of face-offs to take yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah um you know a Hollis team too that um, I know struggled at times this year with their with their numbers and their depth you know, that game Thursday, they were rotating guys in and out, you know, to the point that, that you know, that I could hear some the coaches on the bench going, you want to put this guy in here? No, yeah, we got to put him in. We got to, you know, this guy's right. got to go in. Moving guys. Yeah, moving guys around attack, all over. You know, yeah, all yeah. Yep. Um, they did a tremendous job with that, I, I thought, in that game. Um, you know, some good guys coming back. Uh, I know they do lose a couple of, of talented guys. Um, you know, you mentioned um, Anderson, a senior. Um Andrew Torgerson, another senior for them, um, you know, but they've got some of those guys that had led their, you know, their offense this year. Um, we'll be back next year. And then you add in uh, the young freshman goalie. Um, Where's his Brayden name? Tracy is, is an LSM. Uh, Charlie, Charlie uh, D. He, is he the did a lot. He did yeah. a lot for them this year as a senior. But, yeah, they do have a bright future, and there's some really good kids in the middle school program that's coming back. Connor Cook on attack is coming back. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be good. And um, – Coach Dom St. Laurent, he, he was uh, Division II Coach of the Year this year. He did a really good job with the program and got recognized by, by his peers for that, and he well-deserving. And I think they, you know, they just are in a weird spot in just the, you know, the cycle of high school right now in terms of numbers. You know, the same thing's happening with their girls' program. is just their, their numbers are a little low, um, so hopefully see a change in that. I don't think we need to beat a dead horse, but we've said it before. It, it's it was definitely an effect of COVID, where where the youth kids didn't get to play for for two years, or you know maybe the top ones did because they still played club, but you missed out on a whole wave of basically you know recruiting new kids into the program into the the, the game of lacrosse, and I think you're you're definitely seeing the results of that right now. I heard the numbers in their their track program that were thriving i uh, did i did hear well and if you think about it right a little bit easier of a sport to maybe come out as a, it you know less of a skill-based sport and more more of a you know physical sport that you can come out and just try and you don't have to have a lot of uh, not lying you know i i've lost kids over the years that don't want to try the sport because they think because it is such a skill-based sport right and you have to come in you you feel you don't want to look stupid in front of your peers right and, and it, it takes a little bit more to do that well i you're you're talking to a I guy. I can run in a straight line. I, I can't say, run fast well, in a straight yeah, line. I was going to say. I can run in a straight uh, you're line. You're talking to a guy who was uh, was a pretty slow uh, pretty slow sprinter there, uh, not exactly uh, making himself look good in front of his peers. So you know, it just about yeah, your track number should be good. You can get just any old uh, chubby kid out there to, to <laughs> run the hundred. Uh, anyway, the uh, that that gives us semifinal uh, matchups of St. Thomas Dairyfield. Uh, Wyndham, Portsmouth. Um, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued by uh, your game. Uh, obviously, that was one of the closer ones you guys had this year. Um, beating St. Thomas 12-6 um, back, I think it was late April. Yep. Um, maybe even, what, the end of the second week, uh, I think. It's, yeah. So it's going back a little ways. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was. Um, you know, but that game was, was close in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. It's very competitive game. It was a good game. Um, you know, and I, I don't expect that this one will be any different. We're preparing for it like that, that, uh, you know, they're, like we said, really hot team right now playing with a lot of confidence, uh, you know, and, um, you know, certainly a team that definitely has our eyes and, and respect right now. And then on the other side, um, 
surprisingly, Wyndham and Portsmouth didn't I had to play. Look. Yeah, I, I, I would just, have thought I they would have played this too. year. I looked earlier yeah. earlier this week, just kind of looking back, say, oh, what was the score of that? that yeah, they, so they haven't seen each other. A little bit blind there. Um, again, though, I, I think it's – I mean – it's it's the same story, right? Can you can you limit transition from Portsmouth? Can you can you limit the damage that Nick does at the faceoff circle? Um, you know, and but I I do think it's intriguing the fact that the two haven't really seen each other, haven't matched up physically, right? And um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what Wyndham's able to put together for uh, for a game plan against them. I was hoping I could do this fast, but now because now I'm wondering if they played each other last year. That's a very good question. It doesn't matter. It seems that the uh, the schedule site is down, so <laughs> never mind. Uh, we'll, we'll hold that thought till uh, till maybe later. Uh, all right. So the then we've got um, Division Three, uh, a quarterfinal round that um, you know we talked a lot this year about how Division Three felt like it was pretty wide open. You know, obviously Bo uh, undefeated and and you know aside from a couple games, really you know beaten teams handily. Um, but for the you know these quarterfinals were not exactly uh, you know super competitive. Um, oh, what do we got here? Do we have a we have a a, a 2022? We do. Wyndham's yes, Wyndham. they did. They did play each other uh, mid May. That uh, Portsmouth came out on top, fourteen six. Okay, last so, year. All right. Maybe it's just me then. That's not working. My my uh, laptop here. That's not working then. <laughs> I don't know that that really. I don't really I don't know, know that that's tell you, all. No, I don't it doesn't know tell that's all. You know, it's I a just different, was, different yeah. roster. Oh, you know, um, but they they have had they have they have program familiarity. Sure. The last couple yeah, of years. Yeah. Um, you know, I I guess we can start with um the game that I was at um last Saturday. Uh, that would be number two Campbell and number ten Bishop Brady. Well, let's actually let's let's roll back a little bit and talk about that uh, tenth seed Bishop Brady. Finding its way into the quarterfinals with an upset of uh, number seven Cole Brown, Cole Brown uh, getting a goal with one second left from Nate Nelson to win 12 uh, 11. Another the coach Bears. of the year, Coach Lamparelli, getting, it, getting mean, it done, getting a playoff, getting a playoff win there. We, we talked about it last week how close they had played so many teams and just didn't have enough to get over the hump, and they, they finally do, um, you know, with that nice win over Cole Brown. Uh, but it came to kind of an end pretty quick there against Campbell. Um, Campbell was just a, a like a caged animal, you know, having not played for 10 days. They were ready to go, came right out of the gate, jumped out to a 3 nothing lead. Uh, it was 5 nothing at the end of the first quarter. They went on a stretch in the second quarter. I want to say they had like – it was like a 5-0 run in four minutes, um, led by as many as nine goals, and then – you know, from where I was watching the game, I could hear uh, Coach Josh Knight telling the kids, yeah, we're up 12-3, but we still have – we basically – if we get what we want, we've got 10 quarters of lacrosse left, including these two. Yeah. we got to keep playing. And uh, they came out and scored a couple more goals to start the second half. I think it got to 14-3. to, to three. Uh, And then they kind of let go of the rope a little bit. Things got a little sloppy. Um, Brady, to their credit – kept fighting um you know as you would expect yeah they would. I, absolutely uh they actually had a stretch to start the fourth quarter where i want to say they had possession for like five minutes um just taking shot after shot couldn't get him to go um but kept the ball away from campbell and um you know but that ends up being a 16 to 6 win for campbell they move into the semifinal for the second year in a row um Campbell's a roster I hadn't really looked at yet and I'm really impressed like not a lot of seniors on not no, a lot of seniors no, on this team no. um so you know again after the last couple of years I don't think coach Knight would agree with this but like you feel like you're playing with house money right now with with uh, <laughs> with how with the roster with the roster that you have but um you know he did text me that he, he feels very good about not being the one seed this year <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean you mentioned not a lot of seniors but they have seniors I think in yes in the in the right spots you know, Ryan Garrett and goal, um, Jackson Canale on defense. Um, you know, those two have really been their backbone um, the entire season. You know, and then they've got a couple guys, un, you know, underclassmen that have they got experience last year uh, with a really good group and, and are really leading the way this year. And, and Andrew Wilness, uh, junior on attack, and uh, Lucas Craig on faceoffs. If I'm not mistaken, he and, and, and Brady's Tucker Townsend were um, – Townsend one, Craig two, all state. 
uh, as face-off guys. Um, so a, re- a really good matchup that, you know, Saturday was um, Craig actually had the upper hand in that first quarter. I think he won five of six face-offs. And Tucker came back, and, and it was 50-50 uh, by the end of the game. Um, so that was a fun uh, fun thing to see happen there. Yeah. Yeah, so Campbell, they will get a rematch with, uh, like I said, uh, one of the teams that beat them this year, Pelham. Uh, Pelham gets a 14-5 to win over Laconia in a game that um, was close in the first half, and then the the Pythons just exploded there, I think, in the third quarter to take that one over um, and get back into the Final Four, I think, for the first time since, uh, I want to say, 2019 when they were in the championship game. Um, Another team with not a ton of seniors on, on there. You know, again, some, some key seniors, but, uh, you know, a relatively young team there. We said coming into the season that um, – you know, um, you know their goalie. The goalie being a freshman, um, you know, face off, face off, um, uh, face off specialist being a freshman. Those two guys were going to step in and, and help right away. Um, you know, but uh, I, I think they've come together nicely after after sort of dropping a surprise game to Guilford early in the year. They right, rattled yeah. off some really good wins since then. Yeah, and it kind of an. I think we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, they get into this game with Laconia in in a kind of interesting tiebreaker you know do we beat them and pl- and not play them or do we lose to them and play them again I don't you know I don't think they lost intentionally but um you know they did go two and one against Laconia this year uh getting a couple wins again and then like I said you know they've got a win against Campbell already uh eight to one uh back on the 15th of May and kind of a very strange score um you know I think the eight might have been this the yeah um Campbell gave up nine to Cole Brown and to Bo so eight the second highest uh, amount of goals they've allowed this year is really really strange score there so that'll be an interesting uh semifinal for sure um Bo moves on with an 11-4 win over Guilford um you know they um uh, actually they <laughs> they beat Guilford by the same exact score back on the 17th of May so kind of uh I mean, not 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 surprised to see Bo moving on, but I think a little surprising that that was the closest game of the weekend in Division Three, um, the one eight game. Just not usually, usually it's that's kind of the more one sided one. So, um, but you know, good for Guilford to get that far too. I think that's two years in a row now that they've gotten into the playoffs. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they got a, a first round win last year before falling in the quarterfinals. So nice to see them get some consistency there. Um, you know, and Bo, when was the last time Bo was in a Final Four? Uh, I believe it was before they moved up to our uh, – no, I'm sorry, 2014, 2014, I think, was the last time yeah. um, they were in the in Final d- in Four. In Division Two, obviously. Yeah, in Division yeah, Two. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So good to see them back. And then, uh, you know, taxes uh, – what's the thing? Like Death uh, taxes and, death and, taxes and, and Hopkinton. And, uh, and Hopkinton in the, in the in Final, Final Four. Four. Yeah, they're, they're back. Yeah. Um, what they were in the Final Four championship game last year, and then three years in a row there um, in uh, 17, 18, 19, and then I believe Final Four in 2021 as well. Um, I, I think they lost to Trinity correct. in the Final Four that year. Um, you know, they're back with a, uh, a impressive 13 to four win on the road against Plymouth. Um, you know, in last week's quarterfinals, so that sets up a. Uh, I think what a, a part three of uh, Bo versus Hopkinton um, in that semifinal. Um, Is that hard to beat? Hard to beat a team three times. Hard to beat a team three times. But I think uh, it's. I find that I find that saying less so in in high school. Like when you have when when you have the guys when you match it when you, when you have the 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 better players it tend it tends not to it tends not to be that difficult. But I. If any team can do it, if any team can knock them off, oh, I'm, sure. not, I'm yeah. not betting against Hopkinson right now. I, They've got the yeah. experience. Coach Blue's been there before. He'll know how to get his guys ready. They the the advantage that they have is they have seen Bo twice now. They know, you know, the offense and the defense that Bo's running. And you can you can kinda you give it your best shot right now, right? Again, you got nothing to lose. I think uh, you know, you kinda you kinda play that up and say, look, we are a good program. We've been here before, but uh, you know, the pre- the pressure's on Bo right now with, with uh the, you know the undefeated season and everything everything that they've had so they played uh i think schedule is a little weird here but they played um may 6th and may 10th uh bow and hopkinton 
and outside of Hopkinton had a game against Milford in between there. And outside of that, you know, include that in there. Maybe you don't. I mean, Hopkinton hasn't lost other than that. Um, you know, I want to say that's they're going to have six to wins in a, a row. Solve Bo's yeah. defense. They've, yeah. they've had they've had some issues scoring scoring against Bo. They haven't so, exactly let Bo run away with no. the game. They've been able to play good defense against Bo. They've they've actually held the Bo. They they've actually held Bo to two of their lower scoring outputs throughout the season there. But they they've got to find a way to crack crack that de- that strong defensive Bo. Yeah. Um, but it seems that since those losses, that Hopkinton has maybe turned some things around a little bit, uh, righted the ship, and. Um, yeah, I think that'll be those again. Two, I think, really good semifinal games on tap uh, in Division Three, um, and then yeah, all all of those. Uh, everybody that wins on Wednesday moves on to Sunday. Championship games. You get, you get to park at one spot, Joe. We're, we're I don't. Happy well, for you. I mean, I'm only going to park in one spot on Wednesday too. It's just unfortunate that I'm, you know, there's uh, uh, twelve. No, that's not right. Uh, Help six. me out here. Six, thank you. Twelve teams. <laughs> so why we don't? This is why I, why I do words, not not number. Well, I guess I kind of do do numbers, but anyway, um, six games, uh, and I'm I'm gonna see two of them. A uh, little little frustrating, but you know we'll we'll make do. Um, you know I I, it, I found myself relying on uh, you know people like uh, the the folks at FNL and. Uh, you know, Bedford Community TV was there last week. Nashua ETV has been out at some games. Um, oh, and I can't—I always forget what his initials are, but uh, the guy that does a little bit more of the Lakes Region stuff, um, I think it's uh, – now I don't even want to guess because I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, and I don't want to want to give people the wrong information there. So I, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. I can I can even picture. Yeah, D, DP Production Group is what I'm what I was looking for. Um, you know, they do a nice job as well too, covering the Lakes Region teams. Um, you know, definitely appreciate the opportunity to be able to watch a lot of that stuff online after the fact. Um, yeah, looking forward to these games, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about some championship games the next time out too. I, I can't wait. I mean, it's it's uh, like you talked about. We've got some great games coming up, and um, you know, I I think the the championship games have potential to be really good as well. Any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up uh, this special semifinal edition? I I think we've said everything earlier, Joe. I think it's it's been a great season. It's just hard to believe that it's it's almost over. Um, but um, you know, we'll we'll enjoy it while we still got it here. Absolutely. All right. Well. We will. Uh, we'll. That's where we'll end for the, for today's episode or for this episode. Um, he is Chris Hetler, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach and AD. I am Joe Marcellina. If you're going out to any games on Wednesday, uh, enjoy. Uh, bring your umbrella, just in, and your jacket, just in case, because we're apparently back into early spring or late winter, whichever it is. And uh, we'll talk to you again we'll later to you this again week. Soon.